Chapter Nineteen of Smith, Journalist, by P. G. Wodehouse. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. This reading by Psuke Brea. Chapter Nineteen, in Pleasant Street. Careful inquiries, conducted incognito by Master Maloney, among the denizens of Pleasant Street, brought the information that rents in the tenements were collected not weekly, but monthly, a fact which must undoubtedly cause a troublesome hitch in the campaign. Rent day, announced Pugsy, fell on the last day of the month. "'I rubbed around,' he said, "'and did this loot dat, and I find things out. "'There's a feller comes round about supper-time dat day, "'and den it's up to de family what lives in de tenements "'to dig down in their jeans for de stuff, "'or out dey goes dat same night.' "'Evidently a hustler, our nameless friend,' said Smith. "'I got dat from a kid what knows another kid that lives there,' "'explained Master Maloney. "'Say!' he proceeded confidentially. "'Dat kid's in bad shape, sure he is. "'Dat second kid, the one that lives there, "'he's a wop kid in.' "'A what, Comrade Maloney?' "'A wop, a dago. Why, don't you get next? Why, an Italian, sure, that's right. Well, this kid, he sure is to the back cause his father come over from Italy to work on the subway.' "'I don't see why that puts him in bad,' said Billy Windsor, wonderingly. "'Nor I,' agreed Smith. "'Your narratives, Comrade Maloney, always seem to me to suffer from a certain lack of construction.' You start at the end, and then you go back to any portion of the story which happens to appeal to you at that moment, eventually winding up at the beginning. Why should the fact that this stripling's father has come over from Italy to work on the subway be a misfortune? Why, sure, cause he got fired and went and swatted a foreman one on de cocoa and de magistrate he gives him twenty days. And then, Comrade Maloney, this thing is beginning to get clearer. You are like Sherlock Holmes. After you have explained a thing from start to finish, or, as you prefer to do, from finish to start, it becomes quite simple. Why, then, this kid's in bad for fair, cause there ain't nobody to puggle the bones. Puggle the what, Comrade Maloney? The bones, the stuff, that's right, the, the dollars. He's all alone, this kid, so when the rent guy blows in, who's just slipping over to simoleons? It'll be outside for his quick. Billy warmed up at this tale of distress in his usual way. Somebody ought to do something. It's a vile shame the kid being turned out like that. We will see to it, Comrade Windsor. Cozy moments shall step in. We will combine business, with pleasure, paying the stripling's rent and corralling the rent collector at the same time. What is today? How long before the end of the month? Another week? A moraine on it, Comrade Windsor. Two moraines. This delay may undo us. But the days went by without any further movement on the part of the enemy. A strange quiet seemed to be brooding over the other camp. As a matter of fact, the sudden outbreak of active hostilities with the Table Hill contingent had had the effect of taking the minds of Spider Riley and his warriors off cosy moments and its affairs, much as the unexpected appearance of a mad bull would make a man forget that he had come out butterfly hunting. Smith and Billy could wait. They were not likely to take the offensive. But the Table Hillites demanded instant attention. War had broken out, as was usual between the gangs, in a somewhat tentative fashion at first sight. There had been sniping and skirmishes by the wayside, but as yet no pitched battle. The two armies were sparring for an opening. The end of the week arrived, and Smith and Billy, conducted by Master Maloney, made their way to Pleasant Street. 
To get there, it was necessary to pass through a section of the enemy's country, but the perilous passage was safely negotiated. The expedition reached its unsavory goal intact. The Wapkid, whose name, it appeared, was Giuseppe Orloni, inhabited a small room at the very top of the building next to the one Smith and Mike had visited on their first appearance in Pleasant Street. He was out when the party, led by Pugsy up dark stairs, arrived, and, on returning, seemed both surprised and alarmed to see visitors. Pugsy undertook to do the honors. Pugsy, as interpreter, was energetic, but not wholly successful. He appeared to have a fixed idea that the Italian language was one easily mastered by the simple method of saying da instead of the, and tacking on a final a to any word that seemed to him to need one. "'Say, kid,' he began, "'has the rent-a-man come yet the?' The black eyes of the wop-kid clouded. He gesticulated and said something in his native language. "'He hasn't got next,' reported Master Maloney. "'He can't get onto me curves. These wop-kids is all boneheads.' "'Say, kid, look a here. He walked out of the room and closed the door. Then, rapping on it smartly from the outside, re-entered and, assuming a look of extreme ferocity, stretched out his hand and thundered, "'Unbelt the! Slip me the stuff!' The wop kid's puzzlement became pathetic. "'This,' said Smith, deeply interested, "'is getting about as tense as anything I ever struck. "'Don't give in, Comrade Maloney. "'Who knows but that you may yet win through?' I fancy the trouble is that your too-perfect Italian accent is making the youth homesick. Once more to the breach, Comrade Maloney. Master Maloney made a gesture of disgust. I'm true. These dagos makes me tired. They don't know enough to go upstairs to take the elevated. Beat it, you mutt, he observed with moody displeasure to the wop-kid, accompanying the words with a gesture which conveyed its own meaning. The wop-kid, plainly glad to get away, slipped out of the door like a shadow. Pugsy shrugged his shoulders. "'Gents,' he said resignedly, "'it's up to you's.' "'I fancy,' said Smith, "'that this is one of those moments "'when it is necessary for me to unlimber "'my Sherlock Holmes system. "'As thus, if the rent-collector had been here, "'it is certain, I think, that Comrade Spietti, "'or whatever you said his name was, wouldn't have been. "'That is to say, if the rent-collector had called "'and found no money waiting for him, "'surely Comrade Spaghetti would have been out in the cold night,' instead of under his own roof-tree. Do you follow me, Comrade Maloney? That's right, said Billy Windsor. Of course. Elementary, my dear Watson. Elementary, murmured Smith. So all we have to do is sit here and wait. All, said Smith sadly. Surely it is enough. For of all the scaly localities I have struck, this seems to me the scaliest. The architect of this stately home of America seems to have had a positive hatred for windows. His idea of ventilation was to leave a hole in the wall about the size of a lima bean and let the thing go at that. If our friend does not arrive shortly, I shall pull down the roof tree. Why, gadzooks! Not to mention stab my vitals. Isn't that a trap door up there? Make a long arm, Comrade Windsor. Billy got on a chair and pulled the bolt. The trapdoor opened downwards. It fell, disclosing a square of deep blue sky. Gum, he said. Fancy living in this atmosphere when you don't have to. Fancy these fellows keeping that shut up all the time. I expect it is an acquired taste, said Smith, like Limburger cheese. They don't begin to appreciate air till it is thick enough to scoop chunks out of with a spoon. Then they get up on their hind legs and inflate their chests and say, This is fine. This beats ozone hollow. Leave it open, Comrade Windsor. And now, as to the problem of dispensing with Comrade Maloney's services. 
"'Sure,' said Billy. "'Beat it, Pugsy, my lad.' Pugsy looked up, indignant. "'Beat it?' he inquired. "'While your shoe leather's good,' said Billy. "'This is no place for a minister's son. "'There may be rough house in any minute, and you would be in the way.' "'I want to stop and pipe to fun,' objected Master Maloney. "'Never mind. Cut off. We'll tell you all about it tomorrow.' Master Maloney prepared reluctantly to depart. As he did so, there was a sound of a well-shod foot on the stairs, and a man in a snuff-colored suit, wearing a brown humbug hat and carrying a small notebook in one hand, walked briskly into the room. It was not necessary for Smith to get his Sherlock Holmes system to work. His whole appearance proclaimed the newcomer to be the long-expected collector of rents. End of chapter 19 of Smith, Journalist by P. G. Wodehouse